This morning we're going to look at 2 Timothy. We just finished 1 Timothy. Goodness, um, goodwill, godliness, and going to church. Wanted to um, combine the two books under that title, but the more I studied 2 Timothy, the more I realized that um, it ultimately does stand on its own, even though it was written to the same person and the same church. Um, the circumstances were a bit different. Today's message is called Encouragement. Encouragement. And we're going to read from verse 6. No, no. Um, sorry. Verse 6, yes. <laughs> Let's read. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the affliction gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which we, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death, has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Lord, once again, we thank you for these words. We pray that as a church, may, we may learn to endure suffering because you are our God. Second Timothy is, is, is mainly faithfulness in suffering. And the gospel is at the center of this motivation to, to endure suffering. And the person of God. You see, Paul is almost uh, on his way out of this mortal world. Second Timothy was written long after the events of Acts. We read up to Acts, um, the last chapter of Acts, and um, the whole story continues. In Second Timothy, we read that um, his execution is imminent and he's imprisoned in Rome and it's his second imprisonment and um, people have abandoned him, people who were once faithful and He's an old man. He's in his 60s. And Timothy, his son, as, as he says, um, 
also Timothy as his son. And he writes this very personal, very um, emotional letter. And emotion isn't something you see featured in Paul's writings. But but it comes through here. And he, he writes to reassure, to encourage, to warn. And it's all centered around, it's going to get tough. It's going to get way harder before it ever gets better, if it does. And take it from me, Paul's speaking a lot from personal experience here. refers to his own life several times. But that's okay, he says, because we serve a great God. It's all worth it at the end. In fact, it's necessary to endure suffering for the name of Christ. In many cases, it's not just uh, an inconvenience or or something that we have to do because, uh, because Christ calls us sometimes to do, to endure that. He said, it is, it is necessary because Christ suffered so that forgiveness of sins could be possible. And so Christian suffering is sometimes ordained, if I can use that such a strong word, but that's it. God says, I'm going to use this for my glory. It's okay, because I'm with you, and I'm God. No circumstance can change me. I will be your rock. I will be your steadfastness. I will be your guide. And this is what Second Timothy So he says in verse 6, encouragement. He's encouraging Timothy and he says, um, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance, thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. So he says, encouragement isn't just real Christian encouragement, isn't just a pat on the back to say, oh, shame okay. Real Christian encouragement is, is, is tangible and not measurable but, um, but real. And it's not just a pick-me-up. Therefore, it's, it's not just words, it's action as well. And so, as Paul is encouraging He's telling Timothy to do things, and and uh, and and from these things, there will be encouragement. Firstly, he says, "Be aware. Be aware." I'm going to go down the list. Be brave. Be ready. Be confident, and be grounded. 
we'll look at that. Firstly, be aware. Your encouragement is going to come firstly when you're aware. Therefore, I put thee in remembrance, he says, that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee. <clears throat> Listen to all the other times where Paul um, tells Timothy to be in remembrance of things. Second Timothy chapter 2. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord. First uh, Timothy 4. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things. And in Peter, um, uh, first and second Peter, he says um, that I put you in remembrance of these things. And he's talking about the truths of scripture, the 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 knowledge of God that we that we attain through reading the Word of God. The 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 Christian experience we have through through walking a faithful life with Him. That we remember who God is, that we remember His faithfulness, that we remember His promise. We're going through um excellent series um, by uh, Dr. Jim Burke called Quieting the Noisy Soul in, in our personal devotion and um, it, it helps us work through anxiety and fear and stress and um, not on do this and do this and do this and do this but but this, this reorientation on I can at peace because God and I don't know how you can do um, 24 40 minute sessions on that but but it's that um, extensive remembering who God is and this is how he starts put them in remembrance of these things but then he also says that um, uh, and specifically that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee no, it doesn't say exactly but but the gift of God is the Holy Spirit he, he said that um, he will he will send us a comforter to aid the church in its mission, to seal and sanctify us to eternal glory, to um, to bring new life to a person who places their faith in Jesus Christ. The, the ministries of the Spirit is abundant in our lives. But um, listen to this from Luke chapter 24, verse 49. About the Spirit, and you'll, you'll see um, how it flows into the next verse in our passage. He says, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry you in the city of Jerusalem um, until you be imbued with power from on high. Um, that the sense is that because of, because of fear, and we'll read that further, because of fear. Timothy tended to to not exercise his his God given um, 
empowerment in the spirit to 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 minister or to share the gospel or whatever his struggle might have been but um, there was there seemed to be a weakness there where he um, he was reserved or too timid encouraged him be aware and then be brave that's our next point verse 7 he says for God has not given us a spirit of fear so it flows from verse 6 where where he says um, exercise this gift which laying on of hands uh, in, in 1st Timothy it talks about the laying on of hands of the presbytery um, uh, Timothy's commissioning and we'll get to that at the end as one of the passages we're going to refer to but um, he says um, uh, for God hath not given us the spirit of so exercise this God given gift because the spirit he has given us is not one of fear, but of, um, of power and of love and of a sound mind. So these aspects of, of the spirit should empower Timothy to be confident and to be brave. Um, the, the, the spirit of fear there um, could be translated timidness or, or sometimes even cowardice. Um, that's uh, not given you a spirit to, to be cowardly, but to be, um, to be empowered or of power. So we read the one of power, uh, from Luke 24, listen to uh, Romans 5, 5. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which is given unto us. be encouraged in the face of fear encouragement isn't uh, something um, we need all that much when we're already feeling at the top of our game <laughs> but maybe as I'm climbing higher and higher and I'm at the top of the ladder Somebody down there goes, I got you, don't worry, keep going. When we are afraid to walk the path that the Lord has laid before us, that encouragement comes from the enabling of the Spirit to love, to 
cannot be helpless in our sin or in our situation. But to know that God is in control and He loves me. And if I'm faithful, I can walk this road confidently. And He says of a sound mind that that our decisions are, are ultimately guided by um, by informed decision making. We pray for wisdom. We, we act in faith. That it's not irrational or, or motivated by uh, our own emotions or desires. Be ready, it says. It says, Be thou not therefore ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor me of his prisoner, he says, but be partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. So he says that don't, don't be misunderstood that affliction will come. The encouragement is not in that I'm sure things will get better. I don't think that's that's real and that's helpful for anyone. We can't, we can't ever say that. How would we know? The encouragement is that God is with you. And His Spirit empowers you. But just as we are to be aware and be brave, we must also be ready. We must not have um, misconceived ideas that there's, um, we always just shoot for the light at the end of the tunnel. It says here that we be partakers of the afflictions of the gospel. And the implication is that Christ suffered, Christ suffered more than we any of us could really imagine and he did it completely in line with the will of the Father and, and, um, and, and the glory of God and we are mistaken if we think that we are exempt According to the power of God, that He says that, that that nothing is ultimately outside of the will of God, and we don't see the bigger picture now. We can't put all the puzzle pieces together. We think in, in temporal senses, but but God has uh, a, a universal plan. He He, he sees our lives. And our history from a much different view and so he says that um, this 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 affliction is not news to God it's not when we pray God did you know what happened to me this morning or God somehow um, I'm sound irreverent but he woke up and it's like oh no this wasn't part of the plan no 
we have a right view of our fictions and that we are ready for it. And that we trust a faithful, just God and a good God. Secondly, um, sorry, not secondly. Fourth, be confident that he says, um, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus. This verse is, is, is meant to encourage you on a personal level or encourage Timothy or encourage uh, us on a personal level that, um, that you are where, where you need to be. One of the, the sessions in our fighting soul was um, was to look at the circumstances we, we are in um, we arrived at work late or we got into a bumper bash or um, it takes six months to cancel a telephone <laughs> this is not Timothy is talking about uh, the suffering of the church but I think um, the, the implications are the same that Whatever we find ourselves in, um, that God has allowed it. And to stop thinking, I wish things were different, or um, I, uh, I should have done this instead of this. Um, because ultimately our faith in God that is on the line when that is our habitual thought pattern uh, if we have a constant sense of uh, discontentment in our choices in our circumstances we're ultimately calling God into question can we Can we not? Can we then do nothing to better <laughs> our situations or circumstances? That's not what I'm saying. But just as uh, in our individual struggles, um, Paul is encouraging Timothy on an individual level. When the church suffers or experiences challenges. Not, it's not because we we needed to do something differently. If we can stand before God and say, Lord, we have been faithful in all our decisions and in all our actions and in everything that that, that we can think of we have, we have aimed for your glory. Um, it says then then we're where we need to be. So it's to be confident 
and he again draws it um, from the, the omnipotence and the, and the all-knowing um, characteristics of God. He says, uh, who has abolished death, um, who have brought life and immortality. That's the next verse, but he says here, um, into his, according to his own purpose, God and grace, which was given us in Jesus Christ before the world began. It's not dependent on what we have done, but it is completely for his own purpose and according to his own will. And there's, uh, there's confidence in that. Lastly, we are encouraged in that we need to be grounded I'm going to jump a little bit ahead to verse 13. He says, Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and in love which is in Jesus Christ. That good thing which was committed unto thee keep by the Holy Spirit which dwelleth that good thing which was committed was the gospel, was um, the inspired words of Timothy, was the, the, for us today, the Bible we have with us. Um, he says, to keep it is to, um, is to internalize it and like keep it like this. Obey it, um, form around it, know it, internalize it, that good thing which was committed and we keep by the power of the Holy Spirit, illuminates us and transforms us um, to be more Christ-minded and sanctified. This should be the grounding factor in our lives. We cannot look to um, stress medication or anxiety medication. We cannot look to that one tropical holiday or we cannot look to um, any external factor to bring uh, relief from suffering to be grounded in the word that it, it's an eternal thing that the Holy Spirit helps us with. And that is our encouragement. He says that you have heard from me. So the first chapter is ultimately Paul encouraging Timothy. It's going to get tough, but that's okay. God is, but you need to remember it. You need to be confident in it. You need to be grounded in it. You need to be um, the opposite of a shame. You need to be brave and not uh, fearful of your alternative. You 
you need to be ready for the suffering. I hope that you are encouraged. I don't think we're quite where this little church was in terms of physical affliction. Um, Nero, the Emperor Nero, worse than Christian persecution got in the ancient time. It was it was up and down and it depended on emperor to emperor. Um, but Nero was particularly sadistic. And the suffering that Paul was referring to was very likely um, very extreme. To, but we can relate to the encouragement, can't we? And as we apply it as a church, and as we apply it individually, may you be encouraged this morning. So let us pray, and before we are dismissed, um, there's just a few things I want to go over. Lord, we thank you that we can be grounded in your word, know truth.